Welcome to the Color of Influence podcast, where you will hear conversations from influential people of color from around the world, from social media, and right here in your communities. These behind the scenes conversations will motivate you, inspire you, and encourage you. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. And welcome back to Black Business Month. We are continuing our celebration with the founder of PodPal, Aaron Woods. And as you guys know, PodPal is my host for my podcast. It is a one-stop shop with lots of updates that are continuing to occur. And I wanted you guys to hear our episode again so that if you know someone who has a podcast that they would like to start or would looking for a host, PodPal is the place to be. So without further ado, here's my episode with Aaron Woods about PodPal. All right, everyone. So welcome back to the podcast. We are here with Aaron Woods. Um, Aaron and I met actually because I decided to switch my podcast host. Um, I used to be with Podbean and then through a podcasting friend, I heard about PodPal. And so when I reached out to them for information about the uh, platform, um, we kind of connected and he actually was like, I would love to be on your podcast if you um, would like to have me as a guest. So here we are with Aaron. So Aaron, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself and then we'll get right into our conversation. Man, yeah, thank you so much for having me, Aisha. This is uh, Aaron P. Woods. I'm the founder and CEO of PodPal. Uh, everything you need to manage your podcast all in one place. So uh, I created PodPal to help podcasters plan, publish, and promote their show without the stress and clutter, which there's a lot of that for a lot of content creators. So really excited that you decided to switch over from Podbean, Podbean and join us um, you know, on the PodPal platform and moving your podcast here. And i um, really excited to be on your, on your show. Yes. Thank you again for joining me. So... I really want to dive into how this even came about. Um, Lots of us Mm -hmm. are out here creating actual podcast episodes and Mm -hmm. shows, but you went further and was like, wait, I know I can make this easier. So how did that even come about? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it's, it's an interesting story because you know, my wife was the one who was really the podcaster at the time. And I had been a guest on several episodes, just like we're doing now, but I didn't have my own show um, and still don't because I'm so busy building a company. But definitely we plan to release ours really soon. Um, but when she was starting out, you know, she quickly realized, like, it's a lot more demanding than it looks. It's more than just being behind a microphone. As you know, you know, there's a lot of steps pre and post production that People really don't talk about until you get into podcasting. You realize like, wait a second, this is like another full-time job. Like I have to actually manage this and bookkeep and, you know, schedule my guests and think of new content ideas and, you know, make sure I'm want to, I have a, a, a release cadence that makes sense, you know, and that I'm continually giving my audience content because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what an audience wants and what they expect is more content. Right. And, Ultimately, if you want to monetize your podcast, which a lot of people get into podcasting wanting to do that, 
Well, an advertiser is going to be looking at, well, how big is your audience? And do you have consistent content? Because why else were they put advertising dollars behind you if their message is not going to be heard, right? So everything hinges on having an audience, building an audience and being consistent. Yeah, when you look across the landscape of podcasts, hosting and distribution platforms, most of them are really just giving you the bare bones of what you need to have a podcast being the hosting. And then they're saying, oh, and you can monetize, you can make money and, 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 you know, get advertisers on your podcast. But what about that connection from A to B? Like all the consistency and the audience building piece, no one's giving you tools to actually accomplish that, that part of the process. Right. And so, so yeah, I guess, seeing my wife kind of struggle through that and seeing her really lose a lot of her joy and confidence as a, um, as a result of like the difficulty of podcast management made me really think about, man, how many other podcasters are out there struggling with this problem um, who have awesome things to say, but may not, may not be getting that content out there due to just this burden of the administrative piece. So you know, my background is actually in structural engineering and in the sciences. And, you know, I have a bachelor's degree in physics, a master's in structural engineering. And I've oh, so worked for like some. Yeah. For you. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. It's just that I was able to see the problem in a way that maybe others couldn't because of my background. Right. So yeah. I was looking at this through the eyes of someone who's streamlined multiple processes at large companies like Boeing and Microsoft and the Home Depot. And, you know, this is kind of what I do on a daily basis in terms of, uh, you know, building systems to keep things organized and productive systems that make work easier. Right. And so I saw this problem really as no different and was able to, you know, craft a a solution and a team around it. So how did you get started? Like, what was your first step in doing this? Like, did you because I'm mm-hmm. not tech savvy when it comes to the back part of it, like the coding mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. Is that like the first step? Like you have to create codes and figure well, out what you wanted to do or? Yeah, that was a whole learning process for me too, because, you know, my background is not in computer science. You know, I have solved a lot of technical, you know, challenging technical problems, but they weren't necessarily, re- they didn't involve, you know, having to code uh, you know, any type of software. Um, and so I had to learn uh, what that process was like. But ultimately, when I started picking up books like, um, you know, some of the things that have influenced and inspired me in the space are several books around uh, agile, um, what they call um, agile product management. Um, And so I learned of this because I was living in Seattle when I came up with this idea and that's a big tech town. And Mm -hmm. and I started asking questions, you know, like, how do you build a tech company? And people started talking about this agile product management and, um, you know, um, building scalable technology teams and all this. So I just started reading and getting books on it. So some of the books are like The Lean Startup by Eric Reese, um, Running Lean, um, The Toyota Way. There's several books out there that really talk about how to build teams for th- that, that build technology. Yeah. So that's where I started. And they talk about the process of, of crafting a solution around a, a, a technology solution around 
any given problem. Right. And so what it really comes down to is that you don't want to be a solution looking for a problem. And that's what a lot of people do with their ideas. It's like, oh, I came up with this great idea. And immediately they think they need to start building whatever it was in their head that makes sense to them um, in terms of what the solution is. But really the core and the foundation of any really good solution is really understanding the problem very well and really defining the problem as sharply as you can and as quickly as you can. So the first step and kind of a long answer to your question, but the first step was really, okay, I know Tanya has this problem, but who else has this problem? And is it a big enough problem? And is it a big enough market? And are there other, are there other competitors who are already delivering a solution that people love to this problem? You know, mm-hmm. so it really started with research. And fortunately, I have done a lot of that as a, you know, engineering student, graduate student and all that. So I, I leaned on my, on my research experience from college and I started just interviewing podcasters. So I went to Instagram and I was like, DMing people and saying, hey, I'll give you a $25 Amazon gift card if you'll spend one hour with me just telling me about your podcast process. And of course, podcasters like to talk. So that wasn't right. hard. You know, <laughs> that wasn't really hard, you know, to get people to sign up. They're like, oh man, $25 just to tell you about my podcast. Yeah, I'll do that. And so um, I got like 10 people, my initial cohort of like 10 people to jump on a call with me a quick zoom call. I had a script, um, what they call a user research, uh, interview script that was really meant to validate any assumptions I had about podcasters and what their needs, wants, goals, and desires were. So that's what you want to do with any idea. Anyone out there, if you have an idea, you need to validate your assumptions. That's what you need to do first. Yeah. Is validate every assumption that you have about your user and what they might want, what they might need, and what their pain points might be. So what you need to do is try to come up with as many questions as you can that would help you, um, you know, prove or disprove your beliefs, your hypotheses about who your user is and about what solution might be good for them. And those, those books that I referenced would really talk to you about how to actually, there's a framework for this, you know, there's actually... It's like the scientific method. is, and, and so if you apply that, you'll get some really good learnings. And so I did that. Out of that research, I determined like, wow, yeah, this is a widespread problem. Um, podcasters on average are using five to eight different tools to manage the release of a single episode. I don't know if that's true for you. That is very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, that was one of the things that, uh, when I went to your website and kind of looked mm-hmm. at some of the things that you were offering, um, mm-hmm. was definitely like a big selling point for me, um, mm-hmm. because I do use like several apps and mm-hmm. scheduling tool and I use zoom. And, mm-hmm. um, so I do have like all of these things that don't all talk to each other. Um, right. And then if you're not like a tech person and you know how to connect everything together, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing it separate. So for a long time, I had like exactly the same thing, five different things. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. go to YouTube and figure out an easier way. Right. To do this. Um, right. And and the funny thing is the, the, the offerings right now in that space are mostly 
people helping you to refine that manual process, right? Like you can go Mm -hmm. take Pat Flynn's course or, you know, the uh, entrepreneur on fire course or this course or that course. And they're all giving you ultimately some really good tips and tricks. You know, that's great to help you refine your process. And, and, And so it's really clear that podcast management is a problem. People are solving it mostly by checklists, Excel spreadsheets, using Trello or Google Doc over here and Google Drive over here, you know, but in PodPal, what we do is create an entire experience, a digital experience inside of a single platform that pulls a lot of those same tasks into one place. So now you don't need a Dropbox because we have file storage on the platform. You're hosting in your distribution. You can do that right inside of PodPal and syndicate it to all the different places that you want your pod, podcast to go. You know, your show notes, you can write them right inside of PodPal and grammar, check them with the Grammarly extension, browser extension right there on, in, in, in your browser. So, you know, we have, um, we have features like being able to set reviews and invite your team members, you know, an audio engineer who might need access to your files and who wants to download and do their mixing and mastering and then re-upload the file, you can invite your audio engineer to your team and all you guys can be on the same page and see the same content without having to email files and and check off if you've done this task or that task because the the app is tracking that for you. Which is great um, because I do know a lot of people who, um, even if it's just two two co-hosts, Um, And one has a responsibility that the other one doesn't. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I do the audio editing and I do the video editing um, or whatever the case may be. And just like you said, you're putting it in a Dropbox um, Mm -hmm. or you're putting it on a Google Doc. I mean, not Google, Google Doc, but Google Drive. Right. And then somebody else uploads it to whatever your platform is. Exactly. And then you've got to keep 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 track of your you know revision history you know mm-hmm. um, you know all the configuration control that comes with any type of you know any type of file management system. So you know we do that inside the app. When you attach a file to a to an episode, it's clearly it's clearly there. It's clearly attached. If somebody wants to replace it, we have a replacement process, and it's, it allows you to keep your file either in your storage or delete that delete and overwrite that file with the new one. So we, we handle all that configuration control right in the app. So you don't have to worry about like, is this the latest, you know, that type of stuff. So when you first, you know, after you did your research, um, Mm -hmm. when did you like actually start working on the site? Mm -hmm. So the, so the process typical kind of framework, you know, that is laid out in a lot of these books and methods is nothing that I created, but the framework that I follow starts with discovery. Mm-hmm. And then you have what they call like a divergence period um, where you're exploring kind of all possible solutions. And then you have like a convergence where you're converging on what they call like sort of the ideal or most ideal solution. And so the way that you go from that all possible sort of convergence to diverging on something that would work for people is you continue through prototyping and you testing with your users. So those same people that I, I did the initial interview with, mm-hmm. um, I then created a high fidelity prototype. So it wasn't actual working software, but it, it looked enough like it and felt enough like it for people to get the gist of what that platform might be like, right? Okay. And I went back to those same people and said, hey, 
can I now spend another hour with you and have you test this prototype and tell me what your, what your thoughts and feelings are. There was another round of, uh, of, you know, sort of conversations with those 10 individuals. And that's where I was able to get insights on like, no, I like this or I don't like this. Oh, I wish I had this, you know, you, you know, really good question that you ask in these user interviews is if you have a, if you had a magic wand and you could create any feature inside of pop what would it be? And so, yeah. you know, questions like that really allow the user to be the one to tell you what they want and what they need. And that's really what good product development is all about is that the customer, the user is informing what the product should be. So yeah. what you see in pop out today is what people, what through almost 200 conversations now, um, because we didn't stop at those 10 people, you know, through 200 conversations over, over 200 conversations with real podcasters. That's what led to the MVP product that you see today. So okay. we tested it with them and then we finally were able to uh, build a small piece of it and bring it to a conference and get some more feedback. And then uh, I was able to bring on a team and, and actually build more features in the actual working software that we have today. Okay. So you were able to get a team. Mm-hmm. Was that because of like crowdfunding or did you get like some type of grants or like how did that go are they volunteering no not volunteering so uh i believe that you know everybody should be paid you know and and part of being an entrepreneur for me is creating job opportunities and and creating creating uh you know a place where other people can find and receive value Mm -hmm. and so um basically you know, typically how this happens is you do like a friends and family round of funding, um, you know, or maybe get a, a, an angel round of funding okay. from some angel investors. Unfortunately, I went out there and tried to do that and I wasn't able to, to gather that type of those type of resources. So we spent the first uh, two or three years um, from the time I came up with the idea to actually building it, um, completely bootstrapping it. So I put in almost $50,000 of my own money by running up credit cards and then paying them down, you know, uh, and me and my wife taking money out of our savings and stuff to put into this idea. And so the, the engineers that I brought on to help us build the MVP, they worked in exchange for equity. So, um, so they are all, you know, I guess part owners, if you will. And I really consider them my first investors into the company because they invested their their time right. in exchange for, for equity. So what I did instead of raising capital, you know, financial capital, I decided to raise sort of a human round of capital. And typically the way it goes in, in, in financing rounds for startups, usually usually raise enough money to last you 12 to 12 to 18 months in exchange for around 10 to 20% equity. So instead of doing, instead of doing a deal like that with invest with an investor, I kind of did a deal similar to that with the people who who came on board. And so, um, so that's how we were able to get the employees that we needed to build um, and the talent that we needed rather to build the, the working software without any money at all which did lead to us getting some grants from some really awesome uh, companies, which I can tell you about that too. Okay. So you said you did get grants eventually. Yeah. Yeah, we did later. So like um, we got all the way to our MVP launch 
as well as our first two or 300 users without raising any money at all. Um, And then uh, me telling that story to people like uh, Google for Startups and Hennessy and Target, um, all of them have awarded us with non-dilutive grants or funding um, in exchange for, uh, you know, being in in their accelerator programs. So, so yeah, so uh, I was one of 50 Black founders selected for the Google for Startups Black Founders Fund, received a $100,000 grant from Google, um, was one of 12 Black founders selected by Hennessy for their Never Stop, Never Settle Society, and that was a $50,000 grant, and then um, also competed um, on live TV, on Revolt TV, um, yes. Revolt, yeah, Revolt and Target put on a uh, series called Bet on Black, and mm-hmm. I was I was featured on there and won ten thousand dollars as part of that competition. So, so yeah, some good things have come from just basically sticking to the grind and believing in ourselves, regardless of if we could raise the money or not. Okay, so I'm going to ask you something. So from that, because I did watch it. Um, did T-Pain like invest anything? Did you have like a discussion with him? Um, <laughs> he kind of so, was like, you know, this is what I want to do. And I was yeah. like, okay, so. You gonna put some bread behind that? <laughs> yeah, like, are you gonna really, you know, walk the walk and, and right. jump out? So. Right, yeah, well, he did, uh, he did repost for us on Instagram and, you know, use his influence to give us some more exposure. Uh, I have had a couple of sidebar conversations and uh, I hope to continue speaking with him. He has, he's not an investor or or part of our board or anything at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't mean that he won't be, you know, um, timing is everything. So we've been just since the show trying to make sure we keep our focus and, you know, not chase any any investor or any you know influencer and really just continue chasing our customers you know getting on calls with, with people like yourself as you know I'm, you know even as the ceo i get on these calls and and help troubleshoot things and uh you know be part of customer support that's what's really important to us right now is making sure that we're helping podcasters and i know that good things will continue to come as we as we continue to do that absolutely and to be honest i mean my issues could have been user error, who knows, but it was nice that I was able to give you access because of your platform mm-hmm. um, where you could see exactly what I was seeing mm-hmm. um, to be able to help. Because sometimes it's like you're explaining to somebody what you're doing mm-hmm. and they're like, no, that shouldn't show up or just click this and you're like, well, it's not there. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. click it if it's not there. So to give mm-hmm. you that access because other people, you know, can be like producers and editors. Mm-hmm. Um, that was extremely helpful. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. And, and, you know, I enjoyed that entire process, you know, everything is a learning experience and technology can be really tricky. You know, um, things can happen that your system is not necessarily prepared for. And that's why it's very important. Any tech startup, really any product, you know, it's all about getting real people using it because that's when you really find out what's wrong with it. (laughs) So, you know, there's a there's 
there's just there's hard you know you, you with software certain series of steps could produce a problem so you never know how to you can't you can't ever correctly assume and, and cover every single use case and so uh, the best way to build a, a quality software is to have people actually using it and that's why you know uh, silicon valley startups and stuff are you know they pride themselves on speed because they're they it's all about iterating and whoever learns the fastest is going to win. Right. And so, and that's why you need money, you know, going back to the, you know, the capital thing and getting investment from T-Pain or and any other investor is going to be important for Pod Palo as well that we get capital because money allows you to, in a lot of ways, execute your playbook faster. Right. So, you know, at this point we kind of know what plays we want to run but, you know, we can run more of those plays if we have more people and we can get more people if we have more money. And right. so, you know, the money is just a way to get the talent so you can continue building the business. And so uh, we will be um, looking to raise our seed round uh, later this summer. So um, okay. hopefully even and once we do, you know, we'll have even bigger and better things to, to come with PodPal. So um, we've got this this far with very little money, you know. Mm-hmm. By comparison, I mean, yes, we've won almost $160,000 worth of non-dilutive capital, but just as a, as a, as a comparison, if we were a funded startup, that would represent probably a one month worth of expenses. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So we're running pretty late. Now, have you ever thought about going on Shark Tank? Yes, I have actually know some of the people who do the casting for that show and, um, you know, could probably throw my throw my name in the hat. Um, But again, you know what what makes you attractive to any investor is just traction. You know, you continuing to execute and and to um, to be successful without them. You know, that's what they really want to see is that, oh, wow, this person looks like they're going to be successful without us. So with us certainly they're going to be successful. That's the story that we want to be able to tell as a company. And I believe that's the story that we're, the picture that we're painting for the world right now. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, we're talking about all the back end of how the process started, but can you tell us some of the features um, that people can look forward to that are different from other hosts? Sure. Yeah. So like I said, you know, your typical host is going to have uh, basically enable you with the with what I would call the commodity technology of having a podcast. And that is your RSS feed mm-hmm. and your analytics. Uh, we're working on analytics. That's a feature that we're working on right now. But what we wanted to do initially was focus on um, the the podcast management type planning, episode planning features. So when you come into PodPal, you'll be greeted by, first of all, really beautiful dashboard, modern, clean, white space, free to think type of uh, space. We like to say it should feel like you just walked into a, a brand new, like mid-century modern home. Um, when you come into PodPal. And um, that's really important because, you know, as a creative, it's it's important to feel stressed and clutter-free. And so we wanted to, we spent a lot of time on our UI uh, to make sure that users felt like they had a sense of, that they were grounded, that they, that, that their feet were on the ground, that they were going to have a chance to be successful. It's like, okay, wow, 
I can breathe now, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what we want people to feel when they come into the app. And when you go to your episodes page, you'll see that every time you create an episode, uh, an episode card is created. And if you've ever used an application like Trello or Notion or Asana, some of these project management type um, softwares, that's what PodPal feels like, which is completely different than any other podcast hosts. They don't really give you that nice kind of high level view that allows you to kind of think about what your next few episodes are going to be. So even if you don't have a recording ready, let's say you're just thinking about having a podcast and you're like, man, I know what I want the title of my podcast to be. And I know what I want my next 10 episodes to be. And you want to start kind of crafting what your story might be. Mm-hmm. You can do that inside of PopBow without having any recordings. And we'll keep track of how far you've gone uh, with each of those episodes until you publish it. And so all the bookkeeping is done for you and it's displayed on the front end um, of our software on these little episode cards. Then when you go into a card, you get to experience what we call our episode management uh, view. And that's the detailed tracking of an individual episode. Have I done my episodes set up and put in all the information I need to put in from my RSS feed? Have I invited my guests and scheduled that guest for the interview if I, if I have a guest? Have I uploaded my recording, written my show notes? Have I done a review of my episode and checked the audio quality? Those are the things that you get to manage inside of the episode management view and that your entire team of collaborators can also see and manage with you inside of that view. So those are sort of the key features that we have in the platform now. And we're working on things like a guest portal where you can find guests for your show based on your show topic. And um, based on some keywords, you'll be able to search and find other people who are on PodPal that you might want to interview on your show or do an episode swap with. So we're working on things like that as well as our analytics. That's awesome. And, you know, I don't know how many people that listen are either wanting to start a podcast or have one right now. I know on Podbean, if you don't have audio, you can't start the episode. Um, even before you publish it. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. The first Mm -hmm. thing that it asks is like upload audio. Um, Mm. So there's been times when like I have wanted to do stuff in advance and I'll do like a test. Like I created a test audio just so I would have something there. And then when I I recorded the episode, um, I would go in and swap out the audio. So yeah, like you have to. That's like the first step. Yeah. On- See, I didn't even know that. That's yeah. that's awesome to learn. I mean, you know, we really tried to put the planning process at the at the forefront of Pop Out. We're conti- we will continue to do that. That's kind of the essence of our platform. Is that it's a we like to say it's the future of work meets the future of podcasting. So like all of these future of work type apps, apps like Notion and Monday.com, and you know. That's where a lot of podcasters are going to get organized. But the problem is that Notion, Monday, Trello, they're never going to be able to host and distribute your podcast. So now you end up with with another app, another Mm -hmm. thing you have to manage with your Google Drive, with your, you know, Excel spreadsheet that has a list of all the guests that you want to interview on your next 20 episodes. You know, now you have all of these things and people are essentially pulling together their own podcast management system and not everybody's able to do that effectively 
you know so what about the person who's really bad at that right so some yeah. people are good at that and have paid for a course or something and have learned how to do it but what about the people who either can afford that course or you know they're just that's just not their forte those are the people that I was thinking about when I came up with this idea, which I believe and have proven through research that there's millions of people like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's our mission is to help people succeed at getting their voice out there and really giving them the tools to do it. And it definitely is from the research that I've done before I made the decision to switch. There isn't one that ties everything together. Um I don't remember what site it was, but it literally had a link to Calendly. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need that. <laughs> like, it would mm-hmm. be nice if I can put it here. Um, right. And and have everything talk to each other that way. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely is beneficial to have everything in one place. Oh, yeah. And those are, that's the type of integration we're looking forward to building, uh, continuing to build at PodPal and why. We want to raise the funding so we can really make it all work. I mean, we everyone that I've ever talked to, podcaster, has said, man, I would love to have this. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly possible. You know, there's, <laughs> there's no boundaries to creating the software like this. It's just someone needs to come along who can see the vision. And we need other investors and, and people in the industry to partner with us uh, to make it happen. That's, that's, that's the only thing stopping it. Yeah. And I definitely feel as though, you know, the more people who just hear about it, whether it be the word of mouth like I did, or um, because they're listening to somebody's podcast on your site, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's going to spread pretty quickly. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, and we, have, we haven't even started really our marketing campaigns. We're working on an awesome redesign of our website. We're going to have video tutorials on there, a how to start a podcast, a little mini series. Um, you can find a podcast studio on our new website. That's coming uh, within the next 30 days. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this episode, hopefully by the time you, you're listening to it, go to popout.com and check out the amazing, you know, uh, website that we have, which not only tells you about the app and its features, but gives you other tools that you can use to, to help you learn how to podcast better. Um, so that's, that's one of the things we have in the works right now, blog content, all of that sort of thing. So that's coming, which will then, you know, give us a better web presence and help people discover our platform. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was going to say like, you know, you, you're showing success or seeing success, sorry, um, just through word of mouth. Correct. So, you know, that in itself says a lot about, you know, what you guys have envisioned. Um, yeah. Yeah. We have over, over right now at the time of this recording, over 500 users on the app that, you know, have all come by word of mouth. You know, we're, we're not doing any real marketing. We're not even doing any social media right now because we have our heads down building the application and redesigning the website. And we're a very small team, you know? So once we are able to raise some more money, which won't, won't be long, I can guarantee you, um, then we'll be, uh, we'll be able to really match the gas on the marketing and the exposure and, you know, driving adoption. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to everything that, you know, you guys have in store for us. Um, mm-hmm. I have, you know, the, I know this may sound weird for some people, but the process of editing my podcast, 
mm-hmm. and posting everything together has decreased. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, because, you know, I'm able to kind of do everything like on the site mm-hmm. and I'm not like like that editing feature because, mm-hmm. you, you know, they don't do spell check on some <laughs> sites. Right. So right. I write everything <laughs> in Word to make sure that it's correct and you mm-hmm. know, then I copied it over um mm-hmm. previously and mm-hmm. then because you know I haven't done it yet because I'm just behind but mm-hmm. um, when I would do it on podcast I mean podbean like I said I had to put in like a test audio first to even mm-hmm. set up my episode so mm-hmm. you know I that part I'm looking forward to um, mm-hmm. because a lot of my stuff is recorded is just not edited mm-hmm. so I know yeah. the sequence I just have to right. edit the actual audio part so right yep yeah you can you can drop in that that draft recording inside of PodPal and and then have give your audio engineer uh, access to you know the account they can come in there download it and replace it right there you know yeah. it's just like everybody can see what's happening so yeah that's 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 so good to hear that's exactly the type of value that we're wanting to provide and, and that we hear from from customers like yourself who tell us that they're saving at right at, 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 at the current with the current features 25 percent of the time 25 yeah. percent of time savings is what we're hearing from a lot of people just with the few features that we have today and that's not including the ones that are coming so that's yeah, great to hear. That's what I'm excited about. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to, you know, everything being completed um, mm-hmm. because I know like I, it's a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. So. That's right. Well, Aaron, I really appreciate you taking the time tonight to sit and talk to me about PodPal. Um, again, Absolutely. I'm super excited um, to see all of what you guys have in store for us. If you are a podcaster or you are thinking about starting a podcast, head over to podpal.com. Um, mm-hmm. Sign up. You there are uh, there is a free membership mm-hmm. so that you yes. can test it out. Um, you will not be disappointed, even with the features that are only available right now. Um, it's still very streamlined. Um, and then once you get into really getting into your episodes and deciding if podcasting is right for you. There are plenty of plans um, for a different level. So you will be able to find something for everybody on their site. That's right. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much, Aisha, for having me. And it's really been a pleasure talking with you. You too. And that's a wrap on another amazing episode. I know that you were just as inspired as I was after listening to that conversation. And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow us on all social media platforms from YouTube to Facebook at The Color of Influence and on Instagram, the underscore color underscore of underscore influence you can check out all of our episodes and additional content on our website thecolorofinfluence.com and that's an n only for influence 
And don't forget to share the podcast with someone you know and have them share the podcast with someone they know. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, peace out.